This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, June 5th. I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, utility line relocation sparks tension, a 2022-2023 school year wrap-up, Telluride Mountain Club talks trails, and a mountain weather forecast. A right-of-way, an added fee, and a series of tightly worded press releases all caught the attention of Telluride residents who get their energy from San Miguel Power Association last week. When SMPA sent out its May power bills, residents of Telluride noticed an added fee. In an email communication, SMPA informed Telluride residents the, quote, new fee from the town of Telluride is to pay for the costs of relocating utilities for the Voodoo Housing Project, unquote. And it directed concerned users to members of the Telluride town staff. Speaking on Monday, Alex Shelley, communications executive with SMPA, maintained the fee is not business as usual, but is specifically related to work at Voodoo. This, of course, would be more of a a special project. There are costs uh, associated with the Voodoo housing development. And so the the town has um, imposed an additional franchise fee on SMPA in order to extend service to that development. Because the work took place surrounding the Voodoo development, a town project, SMPA passed the costs on to Telluride residents specifically, rather than distributing them to members throughout the entire region. The work concerns a utility line which had hung near the Voodoo skate park since the early 1990s. When the town began construction, the line had to be relocated, says Wiley Freeman, manager of member and energy services at SMPA. This was very specific to relocating power line infrastructure from you know one one place where it existed previously to a, to a new location in order to make room for the, the necessary plans that that the town had. In a press release published on social media last Friday, the town of Telluride explained the utility line should not have been installed over the voodoo lot in the first place, but the mistake had gone unnoticed until construction work began. All utility lines, explained town manager Scott Robson, are required to be installed along a specific easement or right-of-way. But this particular line did not have an easement to be where it's at, so Uh, We requested of SMPA to relocate that to uh, proper uh, rights away on the edge of the town's lot. And um, again, there's some costs associated with that. SMPA maintains they did have a quote-unquote rock-solid easement for the power line dating back to 1993. The power cooperative emphasizes responsibility for the fee lands with the town and construction efforts. But at the town, Robson continues, We just wanted to correct some of the language um, stating that the new fee is from the town of Telluride or that it's specifically related to the voodoo housing project. It's, it's simply a, a request to relocate a, a line that didn't have an easement. Um, and the fees that SMPA is charging to recoup their costs on relocation is not being provided back to the town Um, nor um, has any relationship to uh, voodoo affordable housing. The bottom line, says Robson, is that communication is essential. That's all I would probably end with is is that clarity and communication uh, can really help solve a lot of confusion for the general public because certainly both of our organizations have gotten a lot of questions from SMPA users 
um, as to why the extra fee. The bottom line for SMPA utility customers, however, will also be financial. The special added fee will appear on two to three more months of SMPA bills, at which point the relocation costs will be covered. The 2022-2023 school bells chimed for the final time last week. Before school officially broke for the summer, KOTO's Julia Caulfield sat down with Telluride School District Superintendent John Pandolfo for an end-of-year wrap-up. The last day of school was a gloomy overcast. But for Telluride School District Superintendent John Pandolfo, that doesn't dull the shine of the school year. We had a lot of... You know, a lot of great things happened for kids. I think our staff did a great job, and um, I'm very happy, not just very happy that the school year is ending, but very happy that we had a great school year. He points to a number of experiential learning opportunities and field trips for the students. I think we just have a great senior class this year. I think even with all the um, lingering snow, we had some great spring um, athletics you know, going on in seasons. So I think a lot of that really um, has been great. And I think just a lot of the learning opportunities for our students. The school district was accredited with distinction from the state, and the middle school was recognized by the state as high achieving. How we educate our children is one of the most important things a community can do. And we do an excellent job in that. And while we have a long way to go to be the absolute best, um, that's what we strive for. Still, that doesn't mean everything is easy. Pandolfo notes there are still lingering impacts from COVID. We have had many, many, many students who just have excessive absences for a variety of reasons. We still have people missing time for COVID. I missed time this school year, even though I hadn't the last two school years. Um, but we have many students who miss for that. But between travel, extracurriculars, um, unexcused absences, it's it doesn't seem like we've gotten back to the place where the norm is to really be in school all the time, and I have a little bit of a fear we'll never get back to that place. We're doing everything we can to move us back towards that place. Outside of classroom learning, the district also has a lot going on. Pandolfo says they recently went through the annual contract negotiations. For a lot of people, negotiations is not a fun thing. Um, we do our best to make it fun. And this year, um, because of increased state revenues, uh, we were able to actually give a sizable increase um, and pass those increased state revenues on to our staff, which really is what those revenues are intended for, because the vast majority of our revenues really and, and our expenses are um, wages and benefits, then when the state finally is able to give us a what I would call a realistic increase in funding, then, you know, it's just natural that we pass that along to our staff. But even with a pay increase, the district is still struggling with housing. But it is really challenging. We are losing some staff this year really because of the challenges of living here the way it is. And we're having trouble attracting new staff for the exact same reasons. To help with those housing challenges and to assist with upgrades to the school buildings, the district is looking to put a bond measure on the ballot in November, which Pandolfo notes isn't always an easy task. There are a lot of other factors that are hitting people's pocketbooks right now, including the recent um, assessed valuation increases and, you know, the possibility of other um, asks being on the ballot in November that, you know, 
just make it look like everybody's asking for something. What can I really afford from a taxpayer standpoint? In addition to the bond, the district may go to voters asking to annex the town of Rico into the Telluride School District. Their commute, if they ever were to go to their own district of Creek Schools, is 75 miles away. It's almost an hour and a half each way. And their own district school is actually the fifth closest school to the town of Rico um, after Telluride, which is by far the closest, Dolores, Cortez, Mancos, and then Dove Creek. So the folks in, um, in Rico really feel strongly, um, and the folks on the planning committee, that you know this is, um, it is important that um, you know, we get this passed, and I think we have a really good plan that meets the needs of everyone. Looking to the next school year, Pandolfo says the district is continuing to look at HR practices to retain and hire more staff and keep working on vertical horizontal alignment of learning for students. But that's for next year. For now, at least for a moment, the staff of the Telluride School District deserve a well-earned break. The Galloping Goose, the Judd Weeby, the Eider Creek Trail, the Sunshine T-35 Trail, Boomerang Road, and the Eider to Mill Creek Connector. That list of greatest hits in Telluride's local trail system is also the list of trails which have been cleared this spring of winter debris and tree fall by the Telluride Mountain Club. But TMC is not stopping its efforts there. And projects that are on the radar for the next couple weeks include um, trees on Magic Meadows, the Rockfall project on Mill Creek, and trees on Eider and Deep Creek, and other maintenance issues that come up as we hear from the public. That's Heidi Lauderbach, director of the Telluride Mountain Club. Their immediate focus is a major rockfall on Mill Creek. Jordan Carr, trail director with TMC, notes clearing that debris will be a substantial effort. It is a very dangerous area that we're going to be working, and there are some really large rocks that we're going to have to deal with there. So um, that trail is currently closed, um, not really closed by Forest Service standards, but we'd really appreciate your community support and uh, minimizing additional uh, people in that area to to really uh, keep us as safe as possible. The trail work and the trail closure will likely last between a week and 10 days. TMC is a community-supported organization which partners with the U.S. Forest Service to lead maintenance and trail upkeep on public lands in the area. Their team is small, with Carr himself doing the majority of the trail work. Given their size, Lauterbach notes. So what's really helpful to the Telluride Mountain Club is when you're out recreating, if you do see a trail maintenance issue, to let us know. And the easiest ways to let us know are to shoot us an email at telluridemountainclub at gmail.com. Or you can reach out on social media, um, Instagram or Facebook, and our handle on both is Telluride Mountain Club. A lengthy winter has impacted TMC's work, Lauterbach continues. Because we had such a big winter and there's more snow than we've had the last few springs, um, it's always fun to explore trails as they dry out and not push the limits. Um, From a trail maintenance standpoint, it's really helpful when people stay on dry trails and don't create ruts and new social trails um, to move around snow and mud puddles. But, of course, there is a great deal open and ready to go. 
Carr mentions one of his favorite spots out near Eider Creek. We just built a new trail last last year called the Eider to Mill Creek Connector. Um, and that's a really magical trail because it just allows you some of the best views of the entire valley. And that trail actually melts out pretty early. So that that's a great option for uh, for hikers, for mountain bikers. To, to get out early season and get some uh, get some of that fresh air in the mountains. Telluride Mountain Club is working long-term with the Forest Service on new trail systems and connectors in the area and hopes to update the public on those plans as they come into place. But in the early season, much of the energy and focus remains on clearing existing trails of winter debris. Carr says this is work he loves and hopes the trails around Telluride can be a welcoming place for all. For me, trails have been such a powerful medicine in my life and uh, I'm always really happy when I see happy, smiling faces with positive attitudes out on the trails. Uh, I know there's a lot going on in the town of Telluride, and it's easy to get down that you're seeing a lot more people out on the trails. But what I would uh, ask is that you just be a nice person when you're out on the trails. And if you're, if you're on a bike or you're on foot, just stop and say hi when you encounter uh, people who are traveling the, the other direction. TMC is a nonprofit supported by grants, donations, and volunteers. You can stay up to date and support their work at TellurideMountainClub.org. Mountain Village is notifying residents of construction work on San Joaquin Road. Expect brief delays when traveling in the area throughout this week and beyond as construction crews work to improve sidewalks, road shoulders, and other safety infrastructure in the vicinity. More information can be found online at bit.ly slash updates. The Bardic Trails Poetry Series continues this week, featuring poet Anna Marie Vaughn of Taos. As usual, the Talking Gourds Poetry Club will convene for the Bardic Trails event on the first Tuesday of the month, which is tomorrow, June 7th at 7 p.m. The event is held on Zoom, and registration is available at telluridelibrary.org. Anna Marie Vaughn, June's featured poet, hails from the high desert of New Mexico, where her interdisciplinary writing practice explores free-form prose, travel essays, storytelling, and, of course, poetic verse. Her work values nature, the unpredictable side of life, and the communal aspects of writing and meaning-making. Her chosen poetic prompt for the event is Enmesh. Following a reading by Vaughn, attendees will be invited to share a reflection or reading of their own in the tradition of the Poetry Circle. June 2023 marks 10 years to the month since Edward Snowden leaked classified NSA documents detailing U.S. surveillance activities. This month also marks 10 years since the Supreme Court released its landmark decision legalizing same-sex marriage. Here in Colorado, June marks another 10-year political anniversary of note, the passage of the Colorado Road and Safety Act. Signed into law by then-Governor John Hickenlooper, the RCSA opened a pathway for undocumented residents of Colorado to receive a driver's license and car insurance. In recognition of the anniversary, Governor Jared Polis expanded the program, so now all 36 state DMV offices can offer licensing services to undocumented residents. Polis notes that over 200,000 undocumented people have received a license through RCSA in the last 10 years. He says the program both makes roads safer and empowers Colorado's immigrant community, which he adds, quote, strengthens the fabric of who we are.
unquote. Officials in Arizona are putting a pause on some new housing development due to a lack of water supply. As KUNC's Alex Hager reports, groundwater shortages are made more complicated by a shrinking Colorado River. The pause on development only affects certain areas on the fringes of suburban sprawl around Phoenix. It comes after a new report found those areas won't have enough groundwater to keep taps flowing for the next hundred years. Sarah Porter directs the Kyle Center for Water Policy at Arizona State University. This is the system working. You have to have a model like this to take the steps you need to take to protect the groundwater supplies that are being managed, you know, for future urban use. Porter said the groundwater issue is fairly unique to Arizona, but other cities around the Southwest will also have to rethink urban growth as the Colorado River dries up. I'm Alex Hager. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a partly cloudy night tonight with a low near 40 degrees. Wednesday should bring partly sunny skies with a high near 65 and showers developing in the afternoon. Showers are likely to taper off Tuesday night when the forecast low is near 40 degrees. Wednesday brings an 80% chance of rain and thunderstorms throughout the day, followed by a cloudy night. The high on Wednesday should be near 60 with a low near 40. This has been the news for Monday, June 5th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.